Well, good morning. <clears throat> Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries. My name is Dwayne. This is a teaching ministry that is called Encourage, Disciple, and Challenge the People of God. Uh, today is October the 9th, and we are continuing to make our way through the book of Acts. Uh, last time we were together, we, uh, let's see, we got down through 22, verse number 16. Acts 22 and verse number 16. And you'll remember that <clears throat> chapter number 21, Paul is finally going to Jerusalem. And, um, of course, once he arrives in Jerusalem, he, he begins to give an update to James and the elders about what God is doing, particularly what things God had wrought among the Gentiles. That's what they were curious about. That's what Paul was sent out to accomplish from the Council of Jerusalem in Acts chapter number 15. Um, their agreement was that he would take, the, take his message to the uncircumcised while they would continue to take their message to the circumcised. And that's where so many people get confused in the church today, not realizing that the twelve never went to the Gentiles. Yeah, Paul went to, Peter went to, Cornelius, um, but they stayed in Jerusalem uh, with the gospel of the kingdom, preaching that if Israel would repent and be baptized, that Jesus would return and restore the kingdom um, on earth. That was the gospel of the kingdom. And the twelve never um, uh, ventured away from that. They stayed in Jerusalem uh, because they fully expected that Jerusalem would repent, and then they would go into Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The Lord would return. That's what they were expecting. And, of course, we know that that's not what happened. Uh, Jerusalem didn't repent. The Jews didn't repent. A national repentance. Understand the gospel of the kingdom is a national repentance, not an individual repentance. And no, the gospel of the kingdom was not the same message as the, as the gospel of grace. The gospel of the kingdom was a national gospel. The gospel of grace is an individual gospel. And during this time period, um, the twelve were preaching the kingdom, and Paul was preaching grace. And I contend that the twelve always preached the kingdom. And we need to understand that if we're going to rightly divide the word of truth. When you read anything that the twelve wrote, um, you need to understand what, who they're talking to, what they're talking about. They're talking to the nation of Israel. That means the Hebrew epistles, Hebrews through Revelation, is written to the Jew. It's not written to us. Now, it might be written for us, but it's not written to us. And it's dealing with the upcoming tribulation, the return of Christ, and the establishment of the kingdom. And again, we get confused because we do not rightly divide the word of truth, I'm afraid. So he gave them an update on what God was doing among the Gentiles. They also said what wonderful things God was doing among the Jew, and they were all zealous of the law. Again, zealous of the law. I thought, you know, Pentecost, the church was born, not under the law anymore, we're into the, and we're into the new covenant, not under the old covenant. All of that is wrong. Uh, we're not under the new covenant. The, the covenant has everything to do with the Jew and nothing to do with us. Um, the gospel of the kingdom required them to still be under the law. And they are informed of thee that you're teaching others. Now, who's they? 
these believing Jews <clears throat> that are zealous of the law now, they've embraced the gospel of the kingdom, but they've been told that you're teaching the Jews, uh, which are among the Gentiles, to forsake Moses, and that they ought not to be circumcised, and they ought not to walk after the customs. Now, why would they be concerned about him not teaching that? None of us would stand before our congregations today and say that we need to follow the law of Moses, and we have to circumcise our children to be saved, or we have to walk after the customs. We wouldn't do that today, would we, under the gospel of grace? No. Again, they were not teaching the gospel of grace. They were teaching the gospel of the kingdom. Um, and then, of course, they say, good morning, Mac. They say that um, they told him that, you know, they're going to come. They're going to question you. And I, we've got a plan. You've, you've made a vow, the Nazarite vow, I believe. We've got four guys that have made this same vow. You guys go up to the temple, make a public display that you're still operating under the law. <clears throat> Why would Paul do that uh, if, if he wasn't concerned that they were still operating under the law? I mean, we're in chapter 21 of the book of Acts, and the Jews are still operating under the law. Uh, because two different Gospels. Um, and, of course, Paul took them in. They went up to the temple, but things went sideways. Um, they, were, they were accused. They cried out and says, This man is teaching men everywhere against the people, against the law, against this place. And they brought Greeks into the temple. And, of course, excuse me, this was a misunderstanding because they thought that Trophimus the Ephesian was among the group, but he was not. And, of course, they all moved together to basically lynch Paul, to drag him out and kill him. Uh, but the chief captain, the, Romans, the Roman uh, centurion, I guess that was in, 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 in charge of that area, he moved in and he rescued Paul. And Paul asked permission to speak to the people. And, of course, we talked about how the Roman thought that he was an Egyptian insurrectionist. Uh, but Paul said, "No, I'm not an Egyptian insurrectionist. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm from from Tarsus. You know, I'm a Jew." Um, and of course, he allows him to speak. And then in chapter number twenty-two, he he begins to give his defense. He begins to give his apologia uh, to the people in the Hebrew tongue. Um, and they kept silence, and they started to listen. And again, what Paul is doing here is trying to convince them that he is a Jew of the Jews. I'm a Jew. I was born in Tarsus, city of Cilicia. I was brought up in this city. I sat at the feet of one of our greatest teachers, Gamaliel. And I understand the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and I was zealous toward God as you are. I even persecuted uh, these of the way to death, and I delivered them. And the way is those who followed Jesus, those who listened to the the, the kingdom message. He said, I, I persecuted uh, this way unto death, binding and, and delivering into prisons both men and women, both high priests. And, and the priests know what I did because I went to them and I got letters to go to Damascus where I was going to bind them up of this way, and I was going to bring them back to Jerusalem so that they can be punished. And then he begins to share his testimony. In verses 6 through 16, he talks about his, his Damascus Road experience as he's on his way um, to, to 
to arrest these of the way and to bring them back for trial and punishment. I fell on the ground when this voice came and said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And, and he spoke to me and I said, and I said, what shall I do? And, and the Lord said to me, again, this is a recount of what happened in Acts chapter number 9. And I couldn't see for the glory of the light. And then Ananias, who was a devout man according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there, came to me. And he stood and he said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. In the same hour I looked up. And he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you, that you should know his will and see the just one, and should hear the voice of his mouth. For you shall be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and what thou hast heard. And now, and now why do you tarry? You need to be baptized to wash away your sins. Okay? Uh, none of us are baptized, or at least we're not supposed to be baptized today to wash away our sins. Um, baptism is not salvific. We do not teach baptismal regeneration. At least I don't. Uh, some people do. Why? They are conflating the gospel of the kingdom with the gospel of the grace. When you conflate the gospel of the kingdom with the gospel of, of grace, you're going to come out with a work salvation every single time. You're going to walk away saying you got to be baptized if you're going to be saved. You got to speak in tongues if you got to be saved. You got to show fruits if you got to if you're if you're saved. You got to repent. You got to do this. You got to do that. The gospel of grace is believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. There's no you gotta anything in there. <laughs> okay? Just believe. Um and again, we're, we conflate the two. And just like in Galatians, where Paul says, who has bewitched you? You think you, you started in the spirit and you're going to end up in the flesh. Why was he blasting the Galatians? Because they were mixing the gospel of grace that they began in the spirit with the law, with the kingdom gospel. And now they're going to finish in the flesh. And he said, that's no gospel at all. Okay. See, what's the, what's the, what, 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 what is it? You can mix grace with law and still have law, but you cannot mix. Uh, you can mix law with grace and still have law, but you can't mix grace with law and still have grace. It's not possible. It's it's gonna it's gonna forfeit the other if you do that, and that's what they were doing, and that's what so many in the church are doing today. And I think that's why the average person is not, you know. I was talking to somebody the other day, a young young man down in Texas. How that? Why is 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 why does it seem like most of the church is clueless? I mean, go on Facebook and watch your friends who who claim to be believers, who claim to know the Bible, and yet they're saying all this, all these stupid things because they don't know their Bible. They haven't been taught their Bible. And, I, and unfortunately, I think a lot of them have, have bit into something that is truly not a grace gospel. Um, they're trying to earn their way into the kingdom, <laughs> okay? Um, again, the kingdom's not for us, never, never is, never will be. Um, so anyway, he finishes that, and notice he says, wash away thy sins. He, he, again, that was required under the kingdom gospel. Repent and be baptized, and you will be filled with the Holy Ghost. So what did you have to do to be filled with the Holy Ghost? You had to repent. You had to be baptized to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, this is clearly not part of the grace gospel. However, there is nothing that Paul has said thus far that they would disagree with uh, 
But that was about to change. Because in verse number 17, And it came to pass that when I was come to Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance. Um, And I saw him saying unto me, Make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. The event that Paul speaks of here is jumping three years forward when Paul, after his salvation experience, when Paul visited Jerusalem. And he disputed with the Grecians, and their response was they tried to kill him. In Acts 9.26, this is what Paul is talking about. And when Paul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed that he and believed not that he was a disciple. I mean, after all, he'd been killing them, you know, just a couple weeks before. <laughs> um, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto him how he had seen the Lord in the way. So Barnabas, son of all encouragement, steps in and says, no, this, he, he has changed. Uh, three years ago on the Damascus Road, uh, he, he saw the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in. He was going out of Jerusalem and he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about to slay him. And understand, when the King James translates the word Grecians, it's referring to Greek-speaking Jews. It's not referring to Gentiles, which I hear so many people misinterpret when they read those verses. Um, So the Greek-speaking Jews went about to kill him. And that's when the Lord came to Paul and said, Make haste and get thee out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. Okay? So it's interesting that and pertinent that Paul's defense at this point, he was preaching the gospel of the kingdom back here in Acts 9.26. Of course, he had not received the gospel of grace at that point. In Acts chapter number 9, Paul uh, repented. He was baptized. He it was under the gospel of the kingdom. It would be later that Paul actually received the the mystery that had been hidden, uh, the body of Christ, the postponement of the kingdom uh, for the nation of Israel. Um, and of course, that came to Paul through a series of revelations. Uh, which he he continued to have. In other words, in Acts chapter number nine, he didn't get zapped and totally understand everything like some would suggest. He, he, he got up, he preached the gospel of the kingdom because that's all he knew. It was later, I believe after that three years, uh, that Paul received the, gospel, the grace gospel that he preached for the remainder of his life. And in verse number 19, and I said, Lord, they know that I am prison and beat every, 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 and beat in every synagogue them that believed on thee. And when the blood of thy martyr Stephen was shed, I was also standing by and consented unto his death and kept the raiment of them that slew him. Again, Paul is attempting to show that he is one of them. And he was zealous for the law, just like they are zealous for the law. But he's getting ready to lose him, okay? Because in verse number 21, And he said unto me, Depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. 
that's where he lost them. That's where he lost them. As soon as that word Gentile rolled off his tongue, he lost them. In verse 22, and they gave him audience until this word. And then lifted up their voices and said, well, way was such a fellow from the earth. That means death, okay? For it is not fit that he should live. And as they cried out and cast off their clothes and threw dust into the air. So he lost them at Gentiles. Notice that the Jews begin to cry out. They begin to tear off their clothes and they threw dust into the air. That's a lot of vitriol. <laughs> when you're so mad, you're starting to cry and rip your clothes off and throw dirt in the air. Uh, that's quite a tantrum going on to me. I mean, it's pretty obvious at this point they were planning on killing him. Uh, in Acts 7.58, uh, with Stephen, uh, and they cast him out of the city. Or this is not Stephen. This is, uh, yeah, this is Stephen. And cast him out of the city and stoned him, and witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet named Saul. So when it says here that they were tearing off their clothes, well, it doesn't mean that they were getting naked <laughs> in the streets of Jerusalem. It means that they were removing anything that would be an impediment to them chunking a rock. Uh, they were getting ready to start. They were they were going to stone uh, Saul, Paul, just like they did Stephen. As far as throwing dirt in the air, <laughs> uh, it was just a way for them to express their anger and their indignation. I'm reminded of Second Samuel sixteen thirteen as David uh, was fleeing, and as David and his men went by the way Shimei went along on the hillside over against them, and he cursed as he went and threw stones at them and cast dust. Uh, it was a way of just showing indignation and anger at someone. My question is, why did they come unhinged at this point? Uh, my answer is that Paul was basically telling them that God had rejected them. Um, as soon as Paul said, the Lord told me, depart, I'll send you far away from here unto the Gentiles. Uh, so Paul was basically telling them, God has rejected you. And as soon as he said that, uh, and again, God, God was not rejecting them. They were rejecting him and were losing their favored nation status. They were rejecting the king. They were rejecting the offered kingdom. And as a result, they were going to lose their favored nation status. Uh, today, God does not see people as Jews and Gentiles. There's only believing and unbelieving. There's only saints and ain'ts which I don't know if I necessarily agree with that anymore. I'm not totally convinced, and you know I'm not going to start a movement on this just yet, but I think the word saints is referring to Jewish believers, uh, not the body of Christ. But you know I'm still working that out in my head, and <clears throat> you can study that on your own, because Paul seems to, in his writing, separate the saints from the believers um, and to the rest of the saints. You know, he, if you read his writings, he, he seems to separate the two. But again, I'm not going to. Again, you remember I talked about how I, I have to watch my vocabulary now. Um, 
and I do, because words do have meaning, okay? Uh, today, Israel has no special status in the dispensation of grace. They have no special status. Uh, they will again someday in the kingdom, but not now, okay? Um, today, it's uh, Jew and Gentile alike, uh, the gospel of grace, the body of Christ, period, um, I also believe that the Jewish leaders knew the prophecies that spoke of the Jews going to the Gentiles, but only after the kingdom was established. In other words, they were, in their heads, the Jewish leaders, I'm not talking about the ignorant masses. There's a lot of ignorant masses running around. Go to Facebook. Um, the, the Jewish leaders knew that the Messiah was going to come, but they also knew that he was going to restore the kingdom. And then at that point, he would use the Jews to reach the Gentiles. So they knew their Bibles. Don't make no mistake about it. They, they, they knew the Old Testament prophecies, especially the Jewish leaders. But they did not realize that they had already rejected the kingdom. And now God was going to do it another way. He was going to go through Paul, because they refused to do it his way. Understand that in the Old Testament, there are no prophecies, no prophecies about the Gentiles hearing the truth before Israel is restored. There are plenty of prophecies about the restoration of Israel and then the Gentiles, but there are no prophecies saying that it would be the Gentiles before the nation of Israel, because the Old Testament did not foresee the rejection. And again, these are the unsearchable riches of Christ that Paul spoke of that has been kept secret since the world began. You know what it means to keep a secret? That means you cannot find it in the Old Testament. So when you sit down and listen to a guy give a sermon on Song of Solomon about Christ and his bride, <laughs> he's right, but the bride is not the body of Christ. <laughs> the bride is the nation of Israel, okay? In Ephesians 3, 8, unto me who am less than the least of all saints, again, you need to do a word study there, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable. Unsearchable means you can't find it in the Old Testament. It's not there. It wasn't even made available until it was given to Paul. And then he says, verse 24, uh, And then the chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle and bade that he should be examined by scourging, that he might know wherefore they cried against him. Of course, the Roman captain had no idea what was going on. He was speaking Hebrew. All of a sudden, these Jews are ripping off their clothes. They're throwing dirt in the air. They're starting to scream. And he realizes this is a volatile situation. And he brings Paul back into the fortress and says, you know what? Just beat the truth out of him. I don't understand what's going on here. He was going to force some answers out of Paul. And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, Is it lawful that you scourge a man that's a Roman and uncondemned? <laughs> there was the trump card. Paul threw that down again and said, I'm a Roman. And again, we talked about how Paul was uniquely 
qualified to take the gospel of grace to the Gentiles, unlike any of the other apostles, because he was not only a Jew, but he was a Roman. He was a Roman citizen. And when the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain, and he said, Take heed what you do, for this man is a Roman. And then the chief captain came and said unto him, Tell me, are you really a Roman? He said, Yeah. And the chief captain answered, With a great sum of money I obtained this freedom. And Paul said, Yeah, but I was born into it. Then straightway they departed from him, which should have examined him. And the chief captain was afraid after he knew that he was a Roman because he had bound him. You see, unlike what's happening in our society today, Rome respected citizenship and the rule of law. Paul was quick to point out his citizenship, and it wasn't purchased like the captains. And on the morrow, that means the next day, because he would have known the certainty, wherefore he was accused of the Jews, he loosed him from his bands and commanded the chief priests and all their council to appear and brought Paul down and set him before them. So the next day, because he wanted to know for sure what the Jews were accusing Paul of, he loosed him, he put him before the chief priest and the council. And of course, in chapter number 23, when we get there, and Paul earnestly beholding the council said, men and brother, I I have lived in all good conscience before God unto this day. So Paul is going to have an opportunity to to speak again uh, to to the Jews. So that wraps up chapter number 22. Um, and I guess our study for this week, uh, we'll get together days Friday. Yeah. So uh, Sunday morning, eight o'clock, uh, we'll put all this together and, um, I'll have that ready for you Sunday. Other than that, God bless you. Good to see you, Matt. God bless you, my brother. I hope you have an awesome day. And, uh, man, we need to pray for our nation. I just, I shake my head in awe. Uh, My grandmother used to say, if ignorance is bliss, why aren't more people happy? There is so much ignorance. Ignoramuses, uh, they have no idea the gravity of what our nation is facing right now. You know, and and we tend to focus on that, you know, but in the the end, God wins. (laughs) In the end, God wins. We live in a nation that is lethargic. It's complacent. The church is lazy. Uh, The church needs to wake up. And you know what? Revival and wokeness, I'm not talking about this political stuff today. I'm talking about being awake to the things of the Spirit, uh, seem to happen more so during persecution than during prosperity. Historically, that is a truism. That is true. God's getting ready to use us in a wonderful way if we make ourselves available. God bless you. Have a great day.